AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't try distracted Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Everyone gets their cravings while watching the games, and no one wants to be the one to miss the big play. Well, now Grubhub's got you covered. From the extras to the essentials, Grubhub now delivers all your go-to convenience items all day long. Whether it's that late-night snack craving or you forgot to get the paper towels from the grocery store, enjoy convenience delivered right to your door, just in the nick of time, and you'll never have to leave the house. Order your convenience items through the Grubhub app or online today. We'll start our official prep on the Saints today going forward. Uh, we've just changed up the uh, format today a little bit. That was pre-planned last week in terms of being on the back end of a four-game stretch going to two road games. So we're going to work a little bit differently in terms of splitting up the day today and working on early downs, almost simulating a Wednesday in the morning, come back in the afternoon, simulate a Thursday. This is very similar to what we did last week against uh, Washington, getting ready for the Thursday game. So kind of putting a lot into one day, give them a chance to get a jump start, and then we'll go ahead and push on through some on-the-field higher speed prep on Thursday, and then Friday practice being Friday practice. When we talk about the Saints, I think the biggest thing that jumps out in all phases is aggressive. You know, it starts at the top with Sean. He does a tremendous job with the offense as far as creating matchups, getting the run game going, being very creative with his players. Obviously, Kamara is a guy you've got to account for. This guy's one of the top players in the league. He's a guy that jumps out at you all the time. Receiver, running, screens, whatever it may be. This guy at the ball in his hands is an absolute weapon. We've got to make sure we account for him in everything that we do because of everything that they do with him. They use a number of personnel groups, so whether it's Winston back there, Taysom Hill, these guys pose a lot of problems for you. But I think when you talk about their offense, the biggest thing is just aggressive. You know, fringe shot type team, gadget type of team, not afraid to go ahead and really roll the dice and take a chance, do a lot of inventive things that keep you on your toes. We'll be very sound as a team this week on defense and make sure we're accounting for who's on the field and what they do. You know, Carmichael obviously does a great job with Sean being there for a long time, very good relationship in terms of mapping out that offense. You know, they've kept a lot of the structure consistent through changeovers of players. Obviously, the biggest changeover would be Breeze. I'd say Winston's playing at a very high level right now. He's doing a lot of good things to keep them in position and obviously winning games. You know, defensively, I think Allen does a great job of, you know, getting on you and getting after you. You talk about this defense, start with the secondary on the back end. The corners are very, very aggressive. They're very capable of man matching you. They're very good in their match zones. The safeties are experienced. They have good versatility as blitzers or deep field cover players. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They put you in a position you really have to execute, and then up front they get after you with the pass rush. It starts on the edge, or with the edge rushers, but the inside penetrates. And again, you got to be alert for Davis right there, 56, in the run in the pass game, and he's not slow to go ahead and blitz, trigger, or hug up on the back if he saves the protection. This guy's someone you have to count for at all times. They have a lot of experience on the defense. They have a lot of vet savvy. They don't make a lot of mistakes. You know, in a kicking game with Riz, he's a guy I've gone to go. I've gone against a number of times. I've learned through my experience with Darren. You know, aggressive is definitely the word that sticks out. You know, it's the punt rushes, the field goal rushes, the explosive returners. This is a home run type team that's always looking for a big play. 
You've got to make sure that you're executing with good fundamentals. You've got to communicate, which is obviously going to be a challenge down there. All right, in the Dome, we expect one of the greatest atmospheres we've ever been in. Um, for those of us who are kind of historians of the game, you look back on that Katrina game, the first game back in the Dome, I would expect this to be very, very similar for, you know, that town takes a lot of pride in New Orleans, a lot of pride in their team, and a team that takes a lot of pride in representing the city. So this is going to be a tough game for us. It's a very good opponent, very well coached. Uh, they execute with a lot of explosive schemes and players. We have to have a good week of prep, and it starts today. That being said, I'll open any questions you may have. Joe, when you're going against a team that's as aggressive as they are, do you look at your philosophy and say, you know what, we have to match their aggressiveness, or do you take the opposite approach? You know, I think you have to be aggressive in how you do things as a team all the time. I think it's aggressive in terms of your fundamentals and within the flow of the game. Aggressive doesn't mean going out there and throwing haymakers every play and doing foolish things that takes you out of the flow of the game. You know, the first thing you have to do going down and playing against a team like this is it starts with good fundamentals. You've got to go down there and execute your techniques to give you a chance. What a lot of teams do against a team like the Saints are in a heated environment, it's loud, there's a lot of energy, they have explosive players. A lot of times you have a tendency, maybe as a coach with a call you make or a player, to go out there and do something outside yourself. And now all of a sudden, instead of worrying about just what's my responsibility on this play and what technique fundamentals I have to execute it with, you do something that has a breakdown on that, and that's when they really expose you. If you go ahead and you see Kamara with the ball in his hands and you think, I just got to get him on the ground, and you're going for a big hit or you just think about you know, not getting beat, you're not thinking about keeping your feet under your body, scalping in, holding your leverage, making the tackle, keeping your eyes up, seeing what you hit. And those are really the things you've got to think about. You know, on every play, it starts with good fundamentals. And we've got to bring everything back to what's my job on this play, what's my key, my assignment, my fundamentals, and I've got to focus on executing my job with the right fundamentals. If we do that, you have a chance. John, you said today's practice uh, was pre-planned to go shorter. Yep. How much input from the players is there on what you guys are doing practice-wise? Have you heard any complaints about you know, too much conditioning, too much running? No, not outside of you guys. Um, but I would say this, in terms of you know our philosophy for this program and what we do, uh, look, I'd emphasize what I've said all along with this. This is not an experimental program. This is a time-tested program that's worked that I've been a part of on multiple levels, whether it was in a collegiate level all right, or the professional level. I've been a part of this with great success. Not only has it been a program that's had success, it's been a program that's kept players healthy. There was a time where we were the oldest team in the league and also the healthiest team in the league for a duration of several years. You know, you look back in terms of what we did, you know, in terms of last week's practice specifically, which I know the next question is going to be about. Uh, actually, last week's practice was a little bit less than we've done in the past. All right, it was basically the same format of what we've done on Wednesdays and Thursday practices in the past. Uh, we've pulled back a little bit. We work very hand-in-hand -hand with our medical department, our sports science department, of making sure we keep monitors on individual players, what their individual loads are. We're very specific in terms of what we do with our guys on a daily basis and making sure we keep tabs on where they're at. In terms of how we train our players with the emphasis of, number one, keeping them healthy, you know, you go back to, you know, soft tissue injuries in 2020. You know, look, it was the lowest this organization has had in previous years, previous three seasons. Our hamstring injuries last year specifically are, were half the league average last year. When we look at soft tissue injuries, you know, around the league last year, you know, our reduced time of missed injuries, all right, while the NFL average went up, we reduced it by previous years, okay? You talk about in terms of missed time of practice, we had the second fewest missed practices in the NFL last year, the third fewest missed games, excluding the IR, all right, and among the fewest players last year to go to IR that didn't return. Translation, our guys are healthy enough to return after missing some time. The emphasis on our program starts with player health all the time. That's it, point blank. These are things we explain our players in the spring, in training camp, and we reinforce it throughout the season. All right, simply put, high-speed training is necessary to avoid soft tissue injuries, okay? Now, there's things that happen, and we look back and we examine everything that happens with any injury, whether it's a collision injury, 
whether it's a non-contact injury like Blake had the other day, or maybe it's something that's soft tissue. But we look through that all the time and dissect that. So in terms of the questions of how we're practicing or what we're doing, um, look, the volumes of practice last week, not only were nothing new, they were actually a little bit less than they were in the past. In terms of specifically the conditioning you're asking about, yeah, actually the only thing I did differently conditioning last week was I didn't condition on Thursday. You know, maybe that was a mistake. So, Joe, Joe, two games, losing at the whistle or the buzzer, whatever you want to say. How do you teach a team to win? It's not as simple as it sounds, but is there an answer? Yeah, well, we stress on the fundamentals in every play, and you talk about the finish of the game. So you got to finish the game out, right? Well, when does that happen? It happens in the first 59 minutes and 59 seconds. It's not on that last second right there. Okay, so we've got to put ourselves in position to make the plays that come our way. We've got to put our players in the right call, make sure we're all on the same page, and we have to execute for 60 minutes. That, that's really the whole thing. In terms of the narrative of, you know, how do you win, you got to stop from losing, number one. you got to cut out the mistakes that keep you from being successful. And that's turnovers, mental errors, penalties. You've got to cut those things out. When you eliminate those things that slow your opportunities for having success, all of a sudden you find yourself in the right position. So when you come back to this right here, and we talk to our players every week, you know, what's the truth? The truth is what's on tape. We can watch and see things we've done well, and we can watch and see things that we have to go ahead and we have to correct as a team. And until you get those things corrected as a team, you're not going to have the opportunities for success that you should have. So close isn't good enough. Not, we're not playing you know, horseshoes or hand grenades. We have to have results. We understand that. It's production business, and we're going every week for success, and success in this league is winning, right? But we have to understand, you know, when we put ourselves in positions for these games, what's ultimately the difference at the end of the game. And it doesn't come down to that last play. It's a series of, you can say sometimes it's four, five, seven, ten, whatever it is, plays throughout the game. You have to look at and say, these were really the plays that stopped us early that prevented us late from having success. So to me, it's fundamentals from the opening whistle to the end of the game. Joe, Joe you, you mentioned the line for you on, well, we asked you about Jason Garrett on Monday, and you said that you wanted to stay the course before making any radical changes, not just in relation to him, Where's the line for you as a coach between wanting to stay the course and keep teaching the fundamentals and everything and feeling the need to make radical changes to save us? I know the right things are being taught, that we're playing with good fundamentals, we're putting our players in a position to be successful, then I don't see a reason to change over coaching. But there's things that tie in that we have to make sure we're on the same page all the time. Look, I tell players all the time, the first person I look at post-game is myself in the mirror. I start with things I did, decision I made. How did we execute practice throughout the week? What schemes did I allow to be kept in the game plan? What did I allow to be called in certain situations? How did I manage the time and the situation throughout the course of the end of the half, end of the game? That starts with me. And then it goes into the coordinators, the position coaches. Then we get to the players. I want to make sure that they're all in the right place before we start getting down to the players right there. But in terms of you know making any kind of radical changes, like look, we've got to correct some things internally and fundamentally and give ourselves a chance for success, and that's what we're focused on right now. Joe, when your offense is struggling to score, I know you want to play the field position game, but don't you think it might make more sense to go for it on these fourth downs inside the 40 and give them a, more of a chance to score a touchdown rather than playing the field position game there? Like, do you rethink that? Do I go through every situation and think about what have I done something differently, how would it work? Yeah, absolutely. I always kind of play that side. Specifically the one you asked about this week in the game, we're on a 39-yard line, fourth and fourth situation, we punt and we down the ball inside the five. Yeah, to me in that situation right there, that's something that sometimes may have Graham kick a field goal. With the wind the other day, that wasn't going to be the case because of the hard crosswind right there. It just wasn't high percentage. And when you give them the ball at midfield, obviously, they've already made an advantage. There was a large part of the first half we played the half on our side of the 50 before we had to start getting drives going, all right? We got to a point in the second half, I was pleased with how the defense was playing. I felt they were in control of the game. I thought our offense was moving the ball effectively. At that time, there was wind at our back, so it would have been in their face for the next drive. 
We punted the ball down there. We downed it where we wanted to inside the five-yard line. We've got to stand up on defense, hold the field position, force them to pump with the wind in their face, and then capitalize on good field position as an offense. So you can sometimes go ahead and be overly aggressive and swing for the fences, but you got to trust and play to your kicking game and your defense as well. And if they do their job, the offense gets a whole other swing in the bat right there to be in field position for four more downs as opposed to just having one more down where maybe they have the ball at midfield. You're saying there are situations where you would consider going for it there. You're just playing it like case by case? Yeah, to me it's the flow of the game, Pat. If you kind of look back to a lot of decisions I've made as head coach, I'm not afraid to go for it on fourth down. Okay, I've referenced in times, you know, we've gone for it to be over-aggressive at times. We've been successful in a lot of fourth downs around here. I'm not afraid to go for it on fourth down. I'm not afraid to go for it on two. I'm not afraid to run fakes, onside kicks. Like, trust me, I don't live in the world of fear. I don't. But i got to make sure that every decision I make is calculated to put the team in a position for success. So there's times I want to bow my chest out and say, like, all right, here we go. We're going for this one right here. That's not always the best thing for the team. So sometimes you can get caught up in the emotion, all right, which normally when you do that and you remove the logic and thinking that you went in the game and the flow of the game with, you only make the wrong decision right there. So to me in those moments right there, I've got a couple people I talk to in terms of just kind of, you know, hey, here's a situation. I'm thinking A or B. Let's think of the consequences of this right here. It could be really, really good. Does it put our team at a disadvantage if it goes wrong? Okay, now, like, I don't live in the world of fear of, okay, if it doesn't go right, what's it going to look like? But I got to live in the world of trust of, I can put our defense down there to play from inside the five-yard line, and I trust that they're going to keep those guys down there. We're going to get the ball back in positive field position and go make a play and move the ball away. How much does analytics and where does it factor in for you in regards to those decision-making? The analytics is just a tool. It's nice to look at the numbers and how they go through the flow of the game. But the analytics changes based on the opponent, based on who you have available for the game, and how the flow of the game is going, too. You can look at a stat sheet all you want. I promise you, if, if XL was going to win football games, Bill Gates would be killing it right now. Okay, But you know, you've got to take those numbers as a tool, and then you've got to go ahead and factor in how your team's playing at the time and what the opponent has as well. You've got to measure your strengths and weaknesses against the opponent every time. And then also in terms of the flow of the game. We, since you were talking about the injuries and stuff, Howard, Slayton, Shep, Radisson's hand, could you give us an update on that? We'll kind of get a better feel today. Um, I would say, you know, obviously it takes a walkthrough. If this was a full speed day, we wouldn't see these guys in full speed action. We have a little bit more time going into the game and stuff like that. We'll see where they are coming out today and how tomorrow looks right there. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I think I saw Isaiah Wilson coming back into the building this morning. Um, if you guys are bringing him in, what makes you think that you could kind of get him on the straight and narrow when other organizations have not? Well, I'd say two things. Uh, one, I'm not going to comment specifically on any transactions until they're completed or happen. Um, but look, to comment on, on your question right there in terms of just dealing with players, in terms of how we can help develop them, look, I'm going to be honest with you, I have a lot of trust in the staff we have here. I have a lot of trust in the support we have here. I have a lot of trust in the you know, program we have here to put people in a position to be successful. I don't think it's a blanket of you know, what someone else has done with someone that has to tie into you know, how they do successfully for you. I think there's a point in time that everybody needs a fresh start. You know, and I think that if you treat everyone on an individual basis and understand the person and you address them as a person in terms of what's best for that guy to help them get on their straight and narrow, then they have a chance for success. So, and that's not directed directly to the one you asked about. That's just in general period. So when it comes down to, you know, whether it's the draft or free agency and it always comes up, people ask about personalities and things. Like I'll tell you right now, like I say it all the time in there. I tell John, I tell Dave, I tell them all the time. I got no problem with personalities. A lot of people don't like my personality, okay? I have no problem with personalities. I can deal with pretty much anything. I got an eclectic group of friends, okay, from all different walks of life. So I can pretty much deal with anybody as long as they're themselves, they're honest, and in this and in this setting right here that they love football. So if you meet those three things, if you're an honest person, 
you're going to be yourself on a daily basis and you love football, yeah, I'll be able to deal with you, no problem. Everyone gets their cravings while watching the games, and no one wants to be the one to miss the big play. Well, now Grubhub's got you covered. From the extras to the essentials, Grubhub now delivers all your go-to convenience items all day long. Whether it's that late-night snack craving or you forgot to get the paper towels from the grocery store, enjoy convenience delivered right to your door, just in the nick of time, and you'll never have to leave the house. Order your convenience items through the Grubhub app or online today. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Bosch at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 